Hi, I'm George Boldarki. Cityscape won't be heard this week, so we can bring you a special presentation as part of WFUV's Strike Accord campaign focused on kids making a difference. The following is a panel discussion that was produced at the public access network BronxNet. Cityscape will return next week with a look at independence. Cityscape airs on the 4th of July this year, so we'll explore independence from various perspectives. We'll talk with the executive director of an organization that works to help disabled New Yorkers live as independently as possible. We'll also learn more about the famous Macy's 4th of July fireworks from its creative director. And we'll delve into New York City's revolutionary war history with a tour guide who knows all about it. Well, it's just really fantastic. I mean, New York was um, the center of uh, colonial commerce at that time. Definitely a political hotbed with people just like today having all kinds of different political opinions. Um, There was already a free press established in New York. So I really encourage people to come to New York, um, learn more about New York's history, read books like 1776, and just get a better idea of how um, important New York was to our history, other than just making money, which is okay, but there's a little bit more than just that. That's next week on Cityscape. But first, our Strike Accord special. Hello, my name is George Boldarki. I'm the news director of NPR affiliate station WFUV, located on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University here in the Bronx. Each quarter, WFUV works to raise awareness of a particular issue through our Strike Accord campaign. Past campaigns have focused on everything from mental illness stereotypes to teen suicide prevention. We're very pleased to be teaming up with BronxNet for our latest campaign, focused on kids making a difference. From working in soup kitchens to protecting endangered species, kids all over the world are acting to help their communities. With me today in the studio are a couple of very inspiring kids. First up, Maeve Ryan. She's from the Throgs Next section of the Bronx. Maeve's involved with a program called Operation Christmas Child, sponsored by Samaritan's Purse. Hello, Maeve. (laughs) Fifteen-year-old Sean Martin is from Long Island. He's the founder of an animal rescue support organization called Kids Adopt a Shelter. Sean formed the group when he was 11 years old, and his idea has since blossomed into a worldwide initiative. Sean, thanks for joining us. Anytime. And we're also joined today by Naomi Hirabayashi. She's the chief marketing officer for DoSomething.org. The nonprofit organization motivates young people to take action around social changes through national campaigns and grants for projects that make an impact. Naomi, glad you're here. Thanks, George. Very glad to be here. Now, I want to start with you, Naomi, because I love DoSomething.org's motto, which is make the world suck less, right? (laughs) Tell me more about the organization. Yeah, so DoSomething.org is the largest organization for young people and social change in the world. And what we do is we spend all of our time and energy figuring out how you break down big issues, anything from poverty to animal welfare to the environment, and you give young people a simple, measurable uh, call to action around that issue so it feels like something they can make an impact on. Uh, And that's based in the belief that so much of doing good and um, Maeve and Sean are examples here of that energy and that excitement that can happen at any age. Um, but so often charity is thought of as money and how many how many dollars you have to give. And we want to make sure that if you are 16 years old or 22 years old or 13, you can come to us and we'll give you an idea uh, for something that's really cool and exciting and fun, but also meaningful. What kinds of ideas do you present to young people? So an example of a campaign that's live right now, one of our, our longest ones, is called Thumb Wars. Um, and, uh, Thumb- 
Thumb Wars. Thumb Wars, okay. like Thumb Wars, yeah. Right. Uh, and we do it um, in partnership with uh, Sprint. And what it is is basically the belief that, unfortunately, uh, Memorial Day through Labor Day is the most dangerous time for teen driving um, because school's out, you're, you're on the road more. Um, and every ask any young person, they'll tell you that texting and driving is bad, uh, but the behavior still happens. We're all guilty of it, not just young people. Um, so what we found in the research is that empowering young people to actually talk to their friends is something that can change that behavior. Um, you actually elevate them to be the, the person that can talk to their friends, and word of mouth is so popular, you know, you listen to what your friend cares about. Um, but we also know that humor is effective. So you order these thumb socks. You can go to thumbwars.org and it has all the information, and they look like little thumb poppets, puppets, and you can't text and drive when you have them on your thumbs, so you keep one for yourself, and then you give one to your friend, and you do it in kind of a funny way and share with them some of the statistics, um, but we've actually seen that recipients of that are, are less likely um, to actually text and drive, and again, it's something that's funny and, you know, social, uh, but actually has a real change. Yeah, I was looking at your website, and you have some great names yes. for the campaigns. yes. The idea is that we want to build into existing things that we know young people are doing. Anything from, um, you know, clothing donations to soup drives and that kind of stuff. But we always want to add the do something twist um, and give them extra incentive and support to to join the do something campaign. And so an example of that is we'll have a campaign expert that's available to answer questions. We'll give them action guides they can download or tips to talk about their principal to, to help make a bigger impact in the school, that kind of stuff. So our goal is just to make it easier for young people to make the world suck less. <laughs> some, some of the campaigns are very simple, but I'm sure no doubt quite effective. There's one campaign that encourages young people to post notes on school mirrors yes. to improve people's self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten such incredible feedback from that, that campaign. It's called Mirror Messages. Um, and what it is is the idea of just, you know, showing, showing a peer support, anyone from your friend to somebody anonymous or, you know, a stranger in your school. And uh, the feedback from from young people around that has just been they've seen the reaction when people see a message that's like you're beautiful or like you're you're no filter beautiful beautiful and stuff like that and it's the idea of just kind of bringing all the young people together and really elevating that positive action because um, there's so much good that's happening that we see and again Sean and Maeve are, are evidence of that um, and it's also important to to really bring all that action together and show the world that young people have um, actually more means than they ever have historically because of technology, um, but also the entrepreneurship um, to really to make incredible things happen. And how do you come up with the ideas for the campaigns? It's all in-house. So we, we'll, we'll definitely like go out to our young people and think of, ask them for additional ideas. But um, we've found that it can be hard to think of, to come up with a lot of ideas. And so what we want to do is be, be that helpful resource. So we have um, a head of campaigns and an entire team uh, that does all of the research to make sure that um, whatever the call to action is is actually impactful on the cause, not just awareness, but it's going to make a significant change. Um, and we have a basically dedicated team coming up with, okay, what do our young people care about right now? What's a fun twist that we can add? Um, what would be compelling to them um, and, and really make it worth their while? Sean, what inspired you at the age of 11 to start Kids Adopt a Shelter? Well, um, my, I grew up with my dog, Moose, so ever since I was, like, four. We had him, and he was this big, massive dog, and sweetest thing in the world. And uh, he passed away when I was 11. And he had, I, I mean, he was the happiest dog I've ever seen. He always had that puppy smile on him. And I thought, well, he had such a great life in a short seven years. What if all of the stuff that he has 
um, we give to a shelter that my aunt works at. Um, so we have this big, big party every year with easily 100 people around Halloween time. And I asked all my friends and family to bring a donation or two. And, you know, friends and family are like, yeah, sure. And they really didn't do it. And I wasn't very happy with what, what we had. Mm -hmm. So I did it again. And I went door to door in my town and sh to shops posting flyers everywhere for about, uh, I would say, about a month. And I raised over $1,000 worth of donations well. and filled my mom's car with it. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just I've enjoyed it so much because on the way home from delivering the stuff after being able to play with all the puppies and cats, I, uh, I thought, what if all kids could adopt shelters? And uh, since then, it's just been uh, growing and being better and better. Where is Kids Adopt a Shelter now represented in the country? Um, well, here in New York, Massapequa is where um, the main thing is. Mm -hmm. but, home uh, base. Yeah, the home base. But we've got, I mean, 30, shelter, uh, reps, uh, 30, 40 states that have their own little chapters and stuff. And last year we do this huge drive the same day that I delivered the uh, la my first one. And uh, we had about, I think it was 80-something uh, shelters adopted where they each had their own kid. And then we did a Santa Box project which got us about 24, 25 other shelters. So how does it work? Kids just agree to take on a shelter and work to raise supplies and money for them? Basically, we have a shelter list, and if a kid wants to adopt a shelter, we give them a list. They can pick one that's nearby them, and then they, during the month or two that we're raising donations, they can raise them themselves. What kinds of activities do you organize to support the organization? Um, well, the big, biggest one we do is called the Fashion Show, and we're doing that very soon. Yeah, it's coming up. Yes. Um, and basically, we get all these little puppies and uh, sometimes big puppies, and we have this big runway with tons of vendors, and we put them in these little outfits and have them walk across. And uh, last year, we got 26 dogs adopted. Well, so well, who doesn't love a puppy yeah. in a cute outfit? Yeah, because you can't see how cute and sweet they are and when they're in the shelter. Out yeah. there, they're being themselves. Your Facebook page has more than 15,000 likes, 15,000 likes. How does that make you feel? Um, I'm, I'm very happy when I go on there and I see all the people that are uh, you know, posting and commenting and, and how many people look at it. I love it. Um, and it, it brings me ha makes me happy. Now you've kept with it. I mean, 11 years old, you started it. Here we are now. You're 15. You're still going. What do you hope? What's your hope for this organization going forward? Um, I kind of hope for by the time I'm like a little bit older that it kind of has its own locations and it starts, you know, I want every shelter in the U.S. to be adopted, at least the U.S. And, uh, I mean, that's a big goal. There's thousands of them, but uh, I'll try my hardest. All right. Well, Maeve, let's talk about what you do. You are part of an organization called Operation Christmas Child. You are all about the shoebox, right? Yeah. Tell me about what you do. Well, I do a project called Operation Christmas Child, which is sponsored by Samaritan's Purse. And every Christmas, I go around with my flyers in my little red wagon, and I ask people, can you please donate a shoebox to me to make a kid very happy? So you go around and you collect items, right? Yeah. What kinds of items do you collect? Uh, well, I have a very nice dentist who donates... <laughs> Toothbrushes and pencil cases and uh, pen
pencil case every year, and I have Target sponsoring me. Which Target? That's The store. Huge. That's huge. <laughs> That's big. When did this happen? Well, my mom, I said to my mom, I might need a little bit more help to get more, if I'm going to get more shoe boxes and people need help to make a shoe box, I might need a little bit more stuff. So I told my mom, how about we go to the local Target and ask them, can you help us? Mm -hmm. So a month later, they responded back, sure, we can help you with your shoe boxes. Wow, that's fantastic. How excited are you? I'm very excited. <laughs> so you collect these supplies, you collect toothbrushes, you collect other things, right? And you put them in shoeboxes. And where do those shoeboxes go? The shoeboxes go all around the world for kids who are not as, as fortunate as me. What inspired you to get involved? Well, my family used to, well, they still do it. When I was littler, before I was born, my family did it. And by the time I was in kindergarten, I asked my parents, how about we do this in Silver Beach and at school? And they said, sure, I bet that'll make a lot of kids happy. And it has, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how much during the, how, how do you find the time, first of all, to do this? On top of everything else I, I would imagine you have to do, right? You're in school. Yeah. I understand you play sports. What yeah. do you play? I play basketball, I do gymnastics, I do soccer, and Irish dance. So all of that, and you're doing Operation Christmas Child, how do you find the time to do all that? Well, I have my Girl Scout troop, the seniors, well, sometimes like if I have a soccer game or a basketball game, I'll leave a big box out and say, sorry, I'm not home right now, please drop your box here. So people can drop it off at your home? Yeah. Wow. How, how much of, has this brought your community together? I would imagine you've seen your community really pull together for this cause. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of the neighbors yeah. come forward? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, Sean, I mean, you, you talk about puppies in cute outfits. How can you resist a little girl with a red <laughs> wagging asking you for supplies, yeah. right? How do you find the time? Because I would imagine you're in school, you graduated high school now, heading to college? Uh, yes, I'm going to Nassau. Going to Nassau to study? Yeah, business. Okay. But how, did, how at 11 years old, I'm sure your life must have been pretty busy too, yeah. I mean, between academics, between extracurricular activities. I was also an actor, and I did uh, I had gymnastics as well. Um, I, I think, you know, you have to make the time. I mean, it, sometimes you got to sacrifice stuff but it, you always make stuff. Make sure you know what's the most important, and Kids Up Shelter is kind of on my top priority list. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it sometimes gets difficult. I've had times where I have to be in an interview, and I have a, a gymnastics meet when I was younger, and um, I actually stopped going to gymnastics, and now just do uh, parkour for instead, so I can do it whenever I want. Um, but it, it, it's hard. But I, I enjoy it. It makes a fun life. You mentioned that you were an actor. Yes. So uh, what, what have you been in? Um, a lot of stuff. Um, my main movie that I was the main character in is called Cinderella. It was a short film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've won like, two awards for it. And it's itself won a lot of awards. 
and I'm working on some other stuff now. That's great. That's great. Talking about actors, mm -hmm. this is something that I learned in yes. researching Do Something, yes. and that is actor Andrew Hsu, who folks of a certain age, I guess my <laughs> age, would know him from Melrose Plays, the television yes. show Melrose Plays. He founded yeah. Do Something. He founded DoSomething.org uh, in 1993, and he really wanted to use his celebrity for good. Um, and this was, you know, he was kind of an activist first and an actor second. He, he was always incredibly active in his community. He um, talks about this amazing connection that he had with one of his neighbors. He would always go out and mow his lawn and help out. And so from a very young age, he was thinking about the community. And it was amazing that when he got to a certain level of recognition publicly, he really wanted to use that for good. Um, and then fast forward, you know, over 20 years now, um, our current CEO is Nancy Lublin. Uh, and she really helped um, kind of evolve on the concept of DoSomething.org and really make it tech-focused as well. How are we using um, a really strong engineer team to bring do something to people everywhere? Um, no matter no matter where they are, uh, and and celebrities and pop culture have are, are something that are still very part of the organization. In that, um, because we're really focused on accessibility, we don't we want every young person to feel like they can get involved. They might it might inspire them to start their own five hundred one c three, or it might just be something that they try to do here and there with their friends. Um, that we, we really try to pay attention to what they care about to communicate that message. So we work with a ton of a ton of different you know celebrities, music artists, you know Disney stars, Nick stars. But what we also are spending a lot of time doing is YouTube stars and Viners um, and Instagram influencers. It's, it's this whole new batch of celebrity that's incredibly powerful for young people. Um, that's pretty awesome to see this this kind of new world emerge that um, is focused on a lot of like humor and humility and accessibility. We mentioned your Facebook page and the 15,000 yeah. likes that you have there. Have you been leveraging social media as well to drum up more yeah, support for the organization? Um, social media helps out a lot. It makes it easier for us to contact each other. Um, it makes people... We also have the um, pantry. And uh, we basically, throughout the year, instead of always doing the drive, we build up and help people that can't afford their animals. Um, after Hurricane Sandy is why they started, because people had their buildings burnt and destroyed and all the floods. Mm -hmm. How are they going to feed their dogs? Um, so during Hurricane Sandy, we had our power out, and we were sitting there bagging our, uh, dog food with flashlights and phones instead of talking to people. And um, during, when it was during the day, we went and worked, I think it was the Red Cross that, that were giving out our food bags. And um, we started the pantry, and social media kind of keeps the pantry running. Because mm -hmm. um, how are we going to tell everyone, hey, if you can't afford your dog, come here without social media? Right. Just going to put. And um, it, it's very helpful. Social media is one of the things that kind of runs CAS and mm -hmm. its own. I mean, we talked about the time commitment, and yes. I know that you're very mindful of that with Do Something because you have commitments on there that can take you a couple of hours mm -hmm. or really many, many months, right? right? Right. Yeah, well, everything we try to do, um, at, have it be at least a month, or I mean, m a month maximum, um, because we know that that's enough time for, for young people to plan and do everything they need to do to make an impact, but it's also a sense of immediacy because they're so busy and, you know, there's a million different things, just as you guys have spoken to, that you're focusing on. Um, and so that option in terms of something that could be more immediate or something that is taking a little bit of time uh, is, again, that whole notion of how are we meeting young people where they are and being mindful um, of, of how they're spending their time. But, yeah, time is, is the biggest thing. I mean, young people are super busy these days, so yeah. you need to make it, 
you need to make it very clear why they should do this thing and why it's going to be impactful. And um, if you're also going to take action on an important issue, you want to feel like it means something, right? And that's what we try to communicate in, in all the campaign messaging. Yeah, that's a good point. How do you decide as a young person what volunteer effort is good for you? What should I get involved with? I think it's what like makes you upset, what makes you excited, what makes you just t- hearing you talk about. This is obviously just something that you're very passionate about. And so um, it's, I think for a lot of young people, things that they, personal experiences, things that they're seeing in their school or their family has uh, gone through or just things they're seeing in media that they, they want to take action on. Um, the other difference is, especially as a young person, is that could change a lot. It could be based on, you know, something you're learning in school one year or your best friend that, that you know, that year or whatever it may be. So the options. We, we, some, people, some people just have their thing, um, but we also want to be mindful that um, a lot of young people are still kind of in the, the discovery mode, and so it, it could be a lot of different things um, at any given time, which is why we've, we have over 220 campaigns live on our site, so there's, there's tons of options. It's just really so much fun just to go through your site. I have to say that again and look at the Thanks, campaigns George. because the yes. titles are so much fun. And I almost want to get involved in some of those. It is is really there an fun. age limit on Do Something? There is. It's up to 25. I'm 31, I'm out of luck. so I'm out of it as well. Um, but yeah, thank you because our team spends so much time coming up with even just the titles and the call to action and again, having that twist. So yeah, it's just do something.org slash campaigns and you'll see the full database. Or if you just go to our homepage, you'll see the staff picks of, um, of the month. Uh, but they are, they're fun and they're they're meant to be, um, you know, not taking yourselves too seriously. Like right. social change and doing good should should be something you enjoy, um, not something you just feel really like guilty about not doing because then you're just gonna you're not gonna do it. What would you say has been the most successful campaign to date? Actually, Thumb Wars. Is that it? Yeah. Thumb Wars is our most successful one just because it's something that every young person gets, um, and we're giving them the actual thumb socks. You can't get them anywhere else, and they're free. And it's just there's no other way to complete the action without right. being part of, of the whole do something um, motions. The other really amazing camp, I mean, all of the campaigns are amazing. One of our other super successful ones is Comeback Clothes, um, which we did with H&M, and it's a clothing uh, recycling campaign. Where, so you can take all the clothes that are just maybe dirty or worn or you just, you don't really, not the really nice clothes you're going to go and donate at Goodwill, mm-hmm. the ones that you're kind of like, I'll just toss them. Yeah. Um, and you can go into any H&M store and drop them off and they will recycle them. Um, and we saw a lot of excitement from our members because it's a cool brand that they get and they're already shopping and so why not do good while you're already there? It's kind of built into their life, which is what we try to do as much mm-hmm. as possible. Sean, what would you say to young people today to encourage them to potentially get involved? Do something. Uh, it's fun. It, it, you may think that, oh, it's time-consuming and not. It, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love uh, doing everything, all the events and stuff. Uh, I mean, the best part is you get to hang out with animals and, and other kids and meet friends and stuff. I mean, I've met tons of friends that I talk to all day, every day through Kids Up Shelter and other events. Maeve, how about you? What would you say to inspire others to do something, to get involved? I would say I'm thinking about my upcoming birthday. I'm going to say I don't want any presents. Just drop off a shoebox, please. You don't want any presents. Just drop off a shoebox. How selfless. Do you know how selfless that is to say? Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Why is it that important to you? Because I love helping children. You love helping children. Have you ever seen the effects? Do you get photos or of anything of where the shoeboxes go? Well, you ever I, see that? I always send them a note, 
And I always write at the bottom, please send back, but I've never got one back. You never got one back, no. But you know that you're helping yeah. lots of people. What do your friends think about Operation Christmas Child and the shoeboxes? I think they have a lot of fun when we do it like with the Girl Scouts and the Girl Scouts help the seniors. Do you sometimes get the school involved? Do you do it at school? Um, yeah. It moves up from every grade I'm in. So next year it's going to be first to fourth grade. And where do you go to school? Villa Maria Academy in the Bronx. In the Bronx. And this is BronxNet. You want to give a shout out to Villa Maria Academy? A little high to Villa Maria? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Naomi, uh, how many young people are currently involved with, with Do Something across the country? We have 3.8 million members, and that also includes global, global members, which is a big focus of ours as well, is how are we taking all the energy that we've seen work um, in the U.S. And, and bringing that to the globe. And how do you go about marketing Do Something to let people know that you're out there? Obviously, social media is a big part of yes. that. I would imagine a lot of it is also word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we tried to build into the, all the campaigns easy ways for young people to share and talk about the campaign. That's, you know, the most powerful. But for us, it's really, it's three buckets. So the first is all of our owned media, which includes our, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and email and that kind of stuff. Um, so everything on the Do Something side. And then we have earned media from, you know, the PR that we're doing for all of our major campaigns campaigns. Um, and the third is donated media. We work with a lot of amazing partners who will give us PSA inventory or um, do some form of like video integration or content integration on their site to get the word out. So we're very lucky and always, always looking for new partners um, because, again, I mean, do something is amazing and 3.8 million is, is a big, it's a big, it's number, a big number, but it's also, I want to be I want every young person to know that we exist because we spend all of our time just thinking how we can make it easier for them to take action. You're a relatively young person yourself. I'll point that out. Thanks, George. What brought you to do something? So I, I worked at a social media startup in 2007, and one of my first meetings with, was with DoSomething.org. And this was when social media for social good is now such a common thing, but at the time it was, it was very new. Um, and I met with a team, which was about 10 people at the time, and I just fell in love with them. I thought... This is so different. It's not kind of your, your average not-for-profit. It's really, like, innovative and, and tech-focused, and the people there were so excited. And so um, we worked with them for a little bit because they were a client, um, and then in my side time, I was spending time on Do Something, and I just knew that that's when, that's when you know it's that thing that you love yeah. and you don't mind, you know, spending time on it or working on the weekends for it or whatever. And I just stayed in touch with the organization, and four years later, the right position opened up, um, and I joined, and I'm so happy because it just, it was always kind of where I felt like I should be. We only have a couple of minutes left. I want to get into a couple of most memorable moments, so I want to ask you, Sean, what has been your most memorable moment in this um, volunteer effort? Definitely the the first time I adopted, uh, well, I uh, I went to, I adopted the shelter. That was probably the most memorable. Um, the fashion shows, of course, uh, last year's was was bigger, but I think the first one was really memorable because it was kind of just me, my friends, and my parents and my brothers doing everything, and it was it was a lot of work, but it was so fun, and uh, it was probably the most memorable moments. Maeve, what about you? What's been your most memorable moment with Operation Christmas Child? Um, I think everything is. Everything is, huh? Not one particular moment that you've had? No. No? How does it feel when you come home and you see things in that box that you leave out when you're not home and people have left things? I feel happy. You feel happy, yeah. 
Naomi, how about you? Any most memorable moments in your time with Do Something? I agree with me. There's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of big memories. I, I probably the best are when we get um, we have staff meeting every Wednesday, and people will share one accomplishment, one goal, one you know one request of stuff coming up. And a lot of times, the campaign leads will share um, testimonials or report backs um, from our young people and why they why they participate in a campaign and hearing firsthand from them what do something means to them and how the campaign impacted them or how do something.org impacted them is always a nice reminder of why we exist. All right, Sean, and give us the date of your big event. Do you have it off the top of your head? No, I do not. All right, otherwise we'll sometimes provide soon. that sometime soon. I think it's, it's, it's in mid-July, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? So coming up, and what's the website? People can find it yeah. there. Kidsupshelter.org or uh, Facebook slash Kidsupshelter. All right, very good. The exclusive well, date will be there. There you go, the exclusive <laughs> date will be there. Well, that's all the time we have for this special collaboration between public radio station WFUV and BronxNet, focusing on kids making a difference. I want to thank our guests, Maeve Ryan, Sean Martin, and to Naomi Hirabayashi. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming in. And if you want more information about the organizations these folks are involved with or to simply find out more about WFUV's Strike Accord campaign, visit WFUV.org slash Strike Accord. I'm George Borecki. Thanks for being with us. WFUV and WFUV HD New York. Listener-supported public media from Fordham, Jesuit University of New York. Music discovery starts here.